urban of, relating to, characteristics of, or constituting a city. Creep. A distressing sensation like that caused by the creeping of insects over one's flesh, especially the feeling of apprehension or horror. Here are your hosts, J.B. Heyer and Caitlin O. Welcome to Urban Creeps. Welcome back, creeps, to the mostly weekly podcast called Urban Creeps, where we talk about urban legends and such. All kinds of good stuff. I am J.B. Heyer, and as always, am joined by Caitlin O. That would be moi. 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 So, we are here today to talk about some very interesting legends, I think. I hope. Speaking of interesting legends, can I mention real quick Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie? I recommend it to anyone listening. If you like Queen, and you like music, and you also enjoy a theater. It's the movie for you, that's for sure. Yeah, also don't think about the other urban legend with the person that put the needles in the seat. Because that might drive you to not go. Uh, We should do that one later on after the people forget about it. It actually has a pretty disturbing tie-in to Freddie Mercury, given that the legend was about the spread of HIV. It was. It literally was. Oh, I know. But it's creepy. Cool. Well, we're a creepy podcast. Speaking of legends, let's get to it. Segway. Alrighty. So in honor of Halloween, I have come up with a way to determine who goes first based on candy. Candy. <laughs> candy. All right. So I found a list of the most popular candy in each state for Halloween. So we're going to pick a state and then we're going to guess. Okay. All right. So which state shall we choose? You um, pick the state. I'll pick the state. Sure. Um, Louisiana. Louisiana. What's your guess for the candy? Peeps. For Halloween candy? Pez? Oh, you're definitely going to lose. Louisiana, <laughs> it has to be something shrimp-flavored, obviously. Why? <laughs> because it's Louisiana. Uh, shrimp-flavored peas. <laughs> okay, no, that's not my guess. I'm going <laughs> to guess Milky Ways. Yeah, no one likes Milky Ways. It's a southern candy, right? It's definitely not candy corn. Nobody actually likes candy corn. I do Louisiana's favorite candy. Oh, I'm in the ends. Oh, Lord. What? Lemonheads. Nah, well. What is that about? I guess people like bitterness with the levees. Lemonheads. I bet Louisiana liking lemonheads is all about alliteration. Okay, so <laughs> I guess that means that no one wins. All right, let's do it to right, it. You ready? Go. Right, hey, you ready? <laughs> yeah. Dang it! Yay for me. Poop. I win. All right. All right. My legend today comes from New Jersey. Ooh, another Jersey. Yeah, I can't do the accent, so I'm not going to try. Me neither. But we appreciate none of the emails that you all sent us from New Jersey about Demon's Alley. Tell us about Demon's Alley. So perhaps this time you'll send us information on this one. We need to know about these Jersey things. I'm all all about the Jersey legends. Okay, so I will begin, and I will say, and quote, once again, one of my favorite horror movies, Child's Play 3. In the infamous words of Chucky, don't fuck with the Chuck. (laughs) What? 
I present my tale. The, the Devil's Tower. In Alpine, New Jersey, stands a large Gothic stone tower. The locals call it the Devil's Tower. It was built in the early 1900s by a man named Manuel Riando. It was a massive, looming mansion, and it was rumored that he had built it for his wife so that she may look out over the New York skyline. Over the years, the estate was divided and partitioned off into lots, and the tower became a decayed version of itself. Making the tower even more odd was its location. It was positioned in the center of an affluent neighborhood in New Jersey, surrounded by very well-to-do families. The majority of the tower was demolished, but what remains is a tall, sentinel stone tower. Over the years, rumors begin to circulate around the town that the tower was haunted, while others say that they had spotted shadow figures appearing and disappearing into the tower walls. It is said that one night, Manuel's wife was looking through her tower window when she saw Manuel with another woman. Distraught and devastated, she jumped out of the tower window to her death. Manuel, full of guilt, ordered the tower to be destroyed and fled the area. However, that did not happen. Many workers mysteriously died during this attempt to destroy the tower. So thus, the tower was simply locked up and abandoned. Eventually, the tower became the obsessive focus of a satanic cult who during the solstice and equinoxes would gather at the tower to perform archaic rituals, hold black masses, and worship the devil. The cult, which remains unknown to this day, would sacrifice animals in the honor of the devil. During the day, children wandering around the empty estate would find the gory remains of cats, dogs, and goats. The most sacred day of the year for the cult members was of course Halloween, and they had prepared something special for this sacrifice. They had chosen a young, innocent girl to be killed, and her soul offered up to them. The cult members would then lurk around high school, stalking local students until they found their ideal victim, the high school's homecoming queen, Laura. Dusk fell on Halloween day, and the cult members were ready, waiting in their black van outside of Laura's high school. They watched Laura exit the school with a group of friends and followed her through the neighborhood. As her friends parted ways, Laura couldn't help but feel that she was being followed. Turning around, she realized that the black van, the one outside her house at night, and the high school was right behind her, pacing her. She took off down the street, but the doors of the van burst open and three hooded men jumped out, grabbed her, and threw her in the van. They tied her hands and feet, gagged her, and sped off into the darkness. That evening, while the trick-or-treaters finished their rounds and lay fat with candy, Police were going door to door asking if anyone had seen Lara. Her parents walked the streets in search of their daughter, only if they had known the terror that awaited her. The following morning, police were informed about an open gate at the tower. Some kids had been fucking around. When they arrived, a dark stench filled the air. When they walked into the basement of the tower, they saw the wall splattered with crimson blood and a heart sitting on a slab of stone. It was Laura's heart. The members had cut her heart out of her chest and offered it up to the devil. The police searched for the cult members, but they had disappeared, and they were never seen again. Oh, dear God. Yeah, that's uh, the heart Debo creeper killers. Poor Laura. Laura. <laughs> Such a unique way to die. Was her body there? 
Uh, yeah. just her heart? No, her body. It was all mutilated mm. and shit. Oh, no. Yeah, well, you know what they say. Don't fuck with the check, man. Oh, dear God. I like that. I thought you were going to say, don't get into a cult member's black man. Yeah, don't do they that. They say that, too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I thought this was pretty good. Yeah. New Jersey has some great fucking weird legends. Yes. However, the origins of this are a little bit more basic. Oh. Uh, in reality, Harriet Rionda, the wife, died of natural causes in New York City in 1922. Uh, she was actually interred nearby for approximately 20 years. So her coffin was eventually moved to the Brookside Cemetery in Inglewood, which is where Outcast is from. Oh, cool. Uh, the estate was later subdivided into 197 housing sites consisting of roadway, infrastructure, facilities, and in the mid-1980s, it was mostly woodlands. I couldn't find anything that actually says that this happened. There are a lot of people that discuss the Devil's Tower as being haunted or possessed. They say if you walk around it six times backwards, which seems super fucking complicated. Who has time for that? I don't know. But that the devil himself or herself, whatever, will appear. And they talk a lot about how cults and satanic people are all about it. So this building doesn't actually exist? It does. No, it, uh, it does. And it's odd because it's in the center of a very affluent neighborhood. It's like mm-hmm. Northside Jersey. Oh. Um, I could be wrong, but I want to say I'd read like Oprah and Jay-Z have houses in this area. Oh, wow. I mean, it's like a fucking badass looking tower. If you Google search it, there are a lot of really impressive pictures. And obviously it was the part of a very big uh, mansion. So the tower is real. The urban legend revolves around what went on Correct. in this tower. Correct. Yeah, the actual land is there. Okay. The tower is there. It's a giant cobblestone looking tower. Cool. Um, but I couldn't find anything other than the people that built it. That seems to be accurate. But nothing else about the story. However, all the stories that I found always seem to use the name Lara. Interesting. So maybe somebody named Lara actually disappeared? Yeah. It might be worth researching to see if, like, maybe there was a Laura that went missing during that time. And also, we've talked about this before, the uh, satanic panic and Mm -hmm. all that with the cults, depending on when that part might have been added into the urban legend. Sure. Could help with the cult situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I also just want to say that, once again, it is about hooded weird men killing women (laughs) that are by themselves. Yeah. (sighs) I, mean, I don't know well, what else. Wasn't Laura with friends? Or yeah, they but waited they all parted, parted their ways. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, she got creeped on. Yeah, so maybe just stop with the creepings, everyone. It's impossible. Not even just men on women, just everyone stop with the creepings, and then we wouldn't have creepy stories like this. Yeah. Although, the fact that we do gives us this job. Yes, but <laughs> we don't get paid for it. Right. But it's still fun. Well, that was very creepy. I hope that somebody named Laura didn't actually go missing, because that would be unfortunate. But it adds to the creepiness of the story, which I appreciate. Well, if your name's Laura, and you've been to the Devil's Tower, write your urban legend on the back of a $20 bill and mail it to us. Oh, yeah, I would take that. Actually, don't send us emails anymore. (laughs) Just write all of your information on the back of a $20 bill and just send it to us. We'll we'll create a P.O. box. That's a good idea. That sounds delightful. I'm very in favor of this idea. Sure. All right, well, that was it for me. Oh, was it my turn? It is your turn. Well, before I start my story, I must first ask you to dim the lights and cue the creepy music. 
and I give you the jack-o'-lantern. Many years ago in Ireland, there was a horrible man who loved to be nasty and play tricks on people, even his own family. His neighbors called him Stingy Jack. One night, Stingy Jack was bored playing tricks on regular people in his town, so he called upon the devil and invited him to go out for a drink. Stingy Jack did not want to pay for the drinks, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin to pay the bar tab. The devil agreed and turned himself into a coin. Jack decided he still didn't want to pay for the drinks, so he kept the devil as a coin in his pocket. He put a silver cross in his pocket next to the coin so the devil could not return to his true form. Jack eventually let the devil go, but Jack first made the devil promise he wouldn't claim Jack's soul when he died. After some time, Jack again became bored and convinced the devil to climb a tree. After the devil climbed to the top, Jack carved a cross in the trunk so the devil could not climb down. Jack eventually let him go again, but reminded the devil of his promise not to seek revenge and take Jack's soul when he died. Many years later, Stingy Jack eventually died, but God would not let him into heaven because he had been such a horrible man on earth. Jack went to hell, but the devil kept his promise and turned Jack away, refusing his soul. The devil instead gave Jack a burning coal to light his way as he wandered between heaven and hell for eternity. Jack put the coal into a hollowed out turnip and has wandered the afterlife with it ever since. Since the 1600s, the people of Ireland have been able to see Jack's light wandering around the coast looking for his final resting place. He has been known as Jack of the Lantern, or Jack-o'-lantern, ever since. <laughs> uh, well, I got one thing from that story. What's that? Jack's a dick. Huge dick. And I actually felt pretty sympathetic towards the devil. Right? Which you never thought you'd be able to do. Also, why would you why would you turn yourself into a coin? Because he's the devil and he can do whatever he wants. But why would you do that? So the idea is you turn yourself into a coin, pay the bar tab, turn yourself back into the devil, and you're like, peace! Joke's on you, you didn't get any money. Except what if he took the coin and put it in a drawer and kept the rosary in? Well, I don't think the devil thought that far ahead. Now your dumbass is trapped in cash register. But eventually you would be given to somebody else's change, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you have unlimited time, it's applicable to turn into a coin. That's true. You or just, just think, climb a tree for fun. Yeah, well, you would just think the devil would have a little bit more clout, mm -hmm. a little bit bigger balls. Exactly. That's what I thought. Obviously, this is the legend behind jack-o'-lanterns. I picked this because of Halloween, but instead of... Doing research on the legend, I decided to explain how we got to be where we are today, from Jack wandering around with a hollowed-out turnip in Ireland to jack-o'-lanterns for Halloween. All right, so the story of Stingy Jack came to the Americas through Irish immigrants. So in Ireland and Scotland, people made Stingy Jack lanterns by carving turnips or potatoes and putting them into windows to ward off Stingy Jack and other evil spirits. So the lanterns were usually made out of beets, turnips, or potatoes. Also, lanterns usually made out of beets, turnips, or potatoes were a British tradition to celebrate harvest season. And after carving out the vegetables, they were filled with coal, embers, or candles and used as lanterns. So all these immigrants from different countries uh, merged the traditions when they all moved to America. So the story is generally the same, but they just use a different produce now. Pumpkins were used when they moved to America because they're native to the Americas, which I didn't know. Um, and they were easy for carving and they were plentiful. 
So it turned from beets and turnips to pumpkins. Yeah, plus you don't want to just bite into a fucking pumpkin. Yeah, that's true. And over the years, um, kids started to hide in the woods with their lanterns to trick others into thinking they were Stingy Jack. And it eventually morphed into carving faces to make them look scary to scare their friends or to look more like Stingy Jack. And to like humanize them, you think? Yeah. And they also said it, um, I found, and also I found this story on the History Channel, and there was a comment that kids would carve faces in them to make it look like disembodied heads, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So by the mid 1800s, the Stingy Jack story was so associated with the carvings that they began calling the carvings jack o' lanterns. Thus, what we have today. And they began to be associated with Halloween as a decoration near the end of the 19th century. And I also read that there was a mayor in Atlanta that used to use jack-o'-lanterns a lot for decoration for giant Halloween parties. And that kind of caught on as well. So. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed that. I like history about legends, mm-hmm. um, especially since we celebrate Halloween. Yeah. I didn't, well, I had no working knowledge of where the jack-o'-lantern came from. Exactly. It is kind of an odd concept if you think about it, so that's why I was interested in looking it up. So. Well, it makes you think, right? Like, let's say that instead of a pumpkin, it was a tree, mm-hmm. and the tree was cut down, and you carved a face into the tree, now it would be Stumpy Jack. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stumpy Jack. Yeah. But then at Halloween, we'd have so many fallen trees. And we wouldn't be able to go to a tree patch and pick out a tree to carve. There's literally tree nurseries where you can do that exact thing. But you... Stumpy Jack! Out, you pick out a tree to decorate at Christmas, but you wouldn't... How long would it take to hollow out a tree? You'd have to learn how to use a chainsaw. Nobody looked into the logistics of Stumpy Jack. That doesn't sound like a very fun family activity. <laughs> I just don't... <laughs> I don't think it's about family. It's about Stumpy Jack. Jack the Lanterns to and, these days are about getting together with family and carving your pumpkins and seeing who can scare the crap out of each other the most. Which is why you carved a witch in your Jack o' Lantern. No thank you. Okay. I don't know <laughs> where you're going with your accusatory tones. <laughs> I'm just saying. She's just is saying. All. Is all. I'm just saying. Well, I like Jack o' Lanterns. Yeah. I like Jack o' Lanterns and Stingy Jack a little more than Stumpy Jack, but I think you might have something. I think Stumpy Jack has a future in Hollywood. (laughs) Quentin Tarantino. Hit me up. Stumpy Jack. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Write your address and phone number on a $1,000 bill. (laughs) Do they make those? (laughs) I don't know. In Quentin Tarantino world, they do. Yeah, I feel like if he wanted one, he could get one. It's like a secret thing rich people don't tell you. that There are $1,000 bills. It's like that Mickey Mouse Club, like Club 76 or whatever. At Disney World, they have a special club, like it's called Club 32. You have to be sponsored by somebody, and like a shit ton of millionaires and famous people are in it. At Disney World? Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are in it, but I don't know. I want to know more about this. Yeah, it's interesting. So maybe that's something we'll look at. That's where they print $1,000 bills. They're Mickey Mouse currency. Yeah. I get it now. I see what you're doing, Disney World. I see. Mm, exploiting children for significant amounts of income. Yeah. And Is Mary that where Poppins. you were going? <laughs> oh, no, I was going with you have the secret world of wealth and Mickey Mouse. Yeah. What else could you want? Really nothing. Well, cool. Maybe like a cat. No. So I liked those things, and I yeah. enjoyed those things. And uh, we hope you did, too. Again, you can always mail us money. <laughs> with we'll create a written PO on box. It. Yeah, make sure that you write a story. We don't need your name. We shan't be sending it back. However, 
Uh, if you want to email us stuff or take a picture of a $20 bill and send it to us via email, <laughs> you can do that at urbancreepstories at gmail.com. Well, we hope you liked our Halloween story edition of Urban Creeps. If you're in Louisiana, go buy something other than Lemonheads. If you're in New Jersey, fucking give us an email about Demon Alley. <laughs> Devil's Tower. I mean, Did like, anyone guys, named Laura disappear? Is it a real story? I need to know. Is Bruce Springsteen a real guy? I don't even know anymore. Does he? Is he a part of this club at Disney World? Probably. I would assume so. Well, as always, we appreciate you taking your time to join us. We will look to discover Thanksgiving urban legends and soon Christmas. Excellent. So if you have any type of holiday-themed legends, or really sweet murder stories that you'd like to send us, do that, too. We'll take those. And at that, I think I'm good if you're good. Excellent. Top-notch. All right, yeah, well, make sure to, uh... Well, <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't fucking stay here, so keep on... Creeping on! Bye! Bye.